Welcome to the One Climbs Podcast, a show about exploring life through the lens of theology, scripture, symbolism, and ideas that uplift the human mind. We finally made it happen. I mentioned on a previous podcast of meeting with my neighbor and a leader from their local Muslim congregation, and we finally organized and had our joint LDS Muslim iftar dinner together. So it happened to be on the last day of Ramadan. It was also our fast Sunday, so we were all fasting collectively together, and then we broke our fast together at sundown with an iftar dinner. And it's amazing because at least here in central Texas, I don't know if this is a national thing or a worldwide thing or where the idea came from, but it's such a cool idea. So the Muslims, they'll fast for 30 days straight and they start their fast before sunrise and they end their fast at sunset. And so the whole day, they don't have any food or any water and they do it for 30 days in a row. What we did is we all gathered together. So we split up all intermixed at different tables so that we can get to know people. So we weren't being all cliquish. And that was on both sides. We didn't want anyone being cliquish. And so we had a representative from our faith talk about what fasting means to us. And then there was a representative from their faith talking about what fasting meant to them. And it was really, really cool. And awesome how many things that we had in common specifically that we refrain from food and water completely. Our Islamic presenter, he said that, you know, many other faiths, they just refrain from maybe one or two things for a certain period of time. But it was kind of unique that we both refrain from food and water completely. So uh, he began talking about some of these things that were very fascinating. And I'll get into that here in a second. But we, we meet together and we listen to these short presentations. And then there's a call to prayer and then everyone goes up and gets their food and then we sit down and then we break our fast together and it was really cool so we sit we have a conversation we ask questions everyone's very open about sharing different things no questions are off the table everyone gets to learn about each other and everyone had just a really great experience all around it was it was a perfect evening it absolutely was and so some of the things that that our guests talked about when it came to fasting for Muslims is he kind of compared it to like uh, getting grades on a test. That was the way he kind of brought it down to earth. He goes, let's say you refrain just from food or water during your fast. That would be like getting a C, you know, it's a, it's a passing grade. It's great. But what if you could get a B, what would you do to get a B? So we sat and we thought about it for a minute and he goes, well, what we do is we, we don't just refrain from food or drink. We, we won't even inhale things that smell good. We'll try to avoid those things. We'll avoid smoking, chewing gum, and even refraining from intimacy and things like that during the time of the fast, basically denying the body of those things. And that reminded me of something my mission president said that when he fasted, he would even refrain from gum and intimacy and things like that, just to deny the body completely of 
any of its appetites so that you can focus on the appetites of the spirit and feeding the spirit. So then he goes, okay, that's a C and a B, but what if you want to get an A? What should you refrain from if you want to get an A? And so we're all thinking about that. You know, like, oh, I don't know. What's, what's kind of beyond that? And he goes, fasting from certain emotions. So if somebody cuts you off in traffic and you feel like you should be angry, he goes, you refrain from that. You deny yourself of that and you forgive and you fast from any kind of ungodly emotions. And that's what you would do to get an A. And so I thought that was really cool because typically I don't have mints or anything like that while I'm fasting. I just try to avoid anything that would distract my spirit by fueling any need of the body. I don't go crazy and extreme with things. It's just simple things I just try to avoid along with my fast. And so it was really cool to hear this coming from this guy. And it kind of took me back a little bit. And I think everybody who attended there, at least from the LDS side, looked at fasting a little bit differently and might put things into practice with their fasting that they may not have thought of before. I could have really deepened and enriched their participation in that principle. So those were really cool things. And what's what kind of blew me away is I was asking them, well, how many of these iftar dinners do you do? And they said, well, we've done like 20 something through Ramadan. And sometimes they'll do 26, close to 30, almost every day they're meeting with different churches and different faiths and breaking bread and having a meal with them like that. And it just really blew me away. Imagine every day preparing a big meal like that and sharing it with another church and another faith. And not only that, but he was saying that they divide the Quran up into 30 different segments. I'd say the Quran is roughly about the size of the Book of Mormon, maybe a little longer, but I mean, roughly about that size. So imagine reading the whole Book of Mormon in a month, 30 days. I know that many youth have done that challenge before, but he goes, you got to divide it up into 30 different parts. And then every day you focus on a different part. You read the whole thing as a prayer and you involve it in your prayer. And so we're asking, well, how long does that take? It could take like two hours. <laughs> so you imagine you get up before sunrise, you're fasting all day, you break your fast in the evening, and then you still have two hours. He goes, I can go to midnight and then you're up again at 5.30. And that's every single day for a whole month. So it's, I mean, Ramadan is intense. And then after Ramadan, there's a big celebration. And so they invited me and my family to come and join them for the celebration the night after. So I got some phone numbers and emails. I, I made a ton of new friends. And so I said, yeah, I'm going to do my best to try to make it. And so I ended up showing up. I didn't get my whole family there, but I did get my oldest daughter. It was just me and her. And so I was like, well, let's go and do this. And she was really pumped to go. And so we show up there and there's like 600 people there, they said, and 600 people showed up, bunch of bouncy houses. So I called up my neighbor and I said, Hey, are you here? I'm looking for you. And so he told me, uh, he's like, oh, he's, I'm over by these bouncy houses. So I got out there, I saw him and went up and, and just kind of compliment him. Said, man, you got a bunch of people out here, you know, congrats. It looks awesome to see everyone out here having fun, playing around. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, man, Ramadan, we got through it. And, and now it's time to celebrate. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to have some dinner together, some treats and, and spend time with our families and, 
and enjoy things with our friends. And then I noticed a couple of the guys at my table over there and they're like, whoa, whoa, you actually came. And they're kind of surprised I actually probably weren't expecting me to show up, but I did get there late. So they probably didn't think I was coming, but we joked around and we talked and we had a discussion and a group of guys kind of came around and we're just, man, we're just talking about things. And it was really, really cool. We're talking about their new kind of Islamic cultural center that's going to be opening up that they're really excited for because they'll be able to worship there. And I think something happened with their last place. I can't remember, but they have this new place being constructed and they're really excited about it. And so they were asking me, like, hey, you're going to get temple here pretty soon, aren't you? And I said, yeah, actually, it was just barely announced. And so we're all really excited. And so they, they said, yeah, that's awesome. And so I said, hey, when you're center opens up in the next three weeks. I was like, let me know. I said, I want to come and celebrate with you. And, and I, that's a huge deal. And anything I, we can do to support you, we want to do that. And we, we talked a little bit too about one of the guys was telling me about their youth. He said, you know, we're really troubled by our youth because we're losing a lot of them to the culture. And a lot of these guys are from Turkey and it's very hard for them to be here. They're already outside of their culture. They're in a minority religion. And I grew up huge minority the only member in my class is 668 in a school of 3000 people. There were two other members. One was like a freshman and a sophomore. I didn't know them very well. So I spent most of my time in high school and life growing up just as a minority. Almost everyone I knew wasn't a member of my church. And so I know how that feels and it's really intimidating. And it wasn't as bad for me because I could at least speak the language and it was my culture. It's just my religion was different. So their, their religion is different. Their culture is different. Their language is different. Everything is different. And so, of course, youth wanting to fit in, they're like, ah, you know, people are suspicious of my religion. I just kind of want to distance myself. And so we started thinking of some ideas like, what if we got our youth together and had them present to each other their faith and what that means to them? And I don't know. We're just thinking of some ideas. How can, how can we as Latter-day Saints strengthen the faith of our Muslim neighbors and how can our Muslim neighbors strengthen the faith of the Latter-day Saints? What if we helped each other strengthen each other's faith, help, help each other grow and, and lift where we stand? Is that possible? How could we do that? And so we're going to be exploring some of those ideas because I think that concept is really thought-provoking. And it would be amazing to see if we could come up with something. So we're going to explore those things together. I'm really excited about some of these new friends that I've made. And I really hope we can do more things together in the future. It was a wonderful thing. If you have any local Muslim communities, I would reach out to them and say, Hey, we've heard from uh, other places that you do iftar dinners that you share with other faiths. And it seems like this is something that happens far beyond just our area because this was going on all over the place. And I had no idea, but even if it's not, it's something that you could start up, I think. And it was, it was just such a uh, positive and wonderful experience for everybody involved. And, and I think we need to have more of that kind of thing in the world because it can only lead to good when you're showing love for your neighbor and helping them grow and building that kind of fellowship so I just wanted to share that with you. Hopefully you got something from that. Maybe you learned something new about fasting. Maybe 
inspired you to go and create one of these experiences on your own. You now have a year to prepare, so it's not going to be Ramadan again till later. But it'd be really cool to find that out and organize it because I I highly recommend doing it. It was a fascinating experience. But hey, that's all I have for today. So hopefully you enjoyed that and we'll talk to you again next time.